0: Hello, and welcome to the final test-run recording session before this thing gains a life of its own and runs amok on the local villagers. I'm Drew, and it's my turn to be host. I like destiny, long walks on the beach, and that feeling you get just before you sneeze. With me for this episode are...
1: I am Jit, I am Edmund for TCT, and I've
2: been a member for quite a few years now. I'm Delson, I'm probably the most regrettable member of TCT. And I've been here for about a year.
3: Hi, I'm Ty, and I've been with the clan for almost two years. And I was the brains behind this project.
0: Uh, We have so much Destiny news to talk about this week. Uh, We got, in addition to the changes last week announced to the weapons meta... We've got, like, three new videos to talk about this week. We've got the Beyond Light story trailer, we've got the new Vidoc, and we have the Beyond Light launch trailer, which has some badass stuff in it. So, I don't know
1: where to even start. This is gonna be be a very destiny heavy fucking episode that's for sure (laughs) I mean are we gonna talk
0: about anything else we're at the launch of a new expansion there is Warframe news though that's fantastic there has been
1: some content that's dropped this week (gasps) -uh. I know Warframe content dropped like it's tiny but it's tiny but well I mean (laughs) it's tiny but it's something you know that's
0: what I tell my girlfriend
1: (laughs) no. <laughs> oh no, Skulper.
0: <Self> <laughs> <laughs> Those are rare. So where, yeah, where do we start if we're talking about Destiny? We got so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so has everybody watched the story reveal trailer? Yeah. Probably the most surprising thing to me was to hear Fallen speaking English.
1: Yeah, listening what? to I'm I love who they've picked out for. The voice actor for Aramis, I think it was a really good pick.
0: I agree. Story-wise,
1: yeah. I'm tentatively excited. Because I think what's going to happen is, I think the campaign and the raid are going to be almost two separate stories. But could be wrong. I've got my own theories about the raid that I'll bring up later on.
0: I am, yeah, I think we'll have some interesting things to talk about. Yeah,
1: definitely interesting
0: things to talk about there. That uh, that Delson will want to tune out for. <laughs> <laughs> for, for the record, everybody, Delson is uh, very keen on not getting any story spoilers. So this is going to be an interesting one for him, because we're going to have to tell him to put his earmuffs on at some point. Um, and I suppose we should do the same for you. If you do not want to hear story spoilers, we should probably let you know when we're going to start talking about. Well, at least what we think is going to be going on. We obviously don't know anything specific beyond what's already been sent
1: out. But if you if you have avoided the vidoc and the story trailer for story purposes, I. I do recommend at least skipping this, that part.
0: Yes, exactly. And uh, I, I may put in a note at some point that tells you the, the time stamp that you can go to, uh, to, to get past that. But uh, that, that'll be for future editing, Drew, and not for current recording, Drew hey everybody future editing drew here just letting you know that if you want to skip past all the spoilery stuff jump to the 26 minute seven second mark thanks hi
3: editing drew hi <laughs> sucks to be you dude yeah he, he's not gonna
0: let that go in
3: <laughs> okay but um i'll take my take on it i think the story is gonna actually be really oh, yeah, good
2: tune out, delson <laughs> Oh, yeah. All
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> already? <laughs> I'll pay. I'll ping you when we're done. Yeah, oh, okay. he's already gone? He's not
3: listening. All right. <laughs> I, I think the story is going to be pretty good, but I'm scared. I'm honestly scared to find out what it's going to be like because – yeah, the trailers can, you know, show off this amazing what-could-be story, but do we remember what happened last year with the Shadowkeep DLC? We got, like, what, like six missions last year? It wasn't even that long of a story.
1: It didn't feel like it, at least. Yeah, but you got to remember... Beyond Light isn't the same scope as Shadowkeep. Keep. Shadow Keep was smaller. It was always set up to be smaller. And Beyond Light is gonna be the roughly is what it should be, theoretically. It should be roughly the size of should be Forsakenesque, Taken King, that kind of size.
0: I uh, yeah, that's kind of how I interpret it as well. Like it does definitely seem well, I mean, we we have to remember this probably would have been a Destiny 3 launch attempt right should they have stuck
1: with um activision yes
0: so if their plans from the beginning were to bring this storyline which let's face it this sounds an awful lot like those 4chan leaks from a couple of years ago from what before destiny 2 was launched even or was it just after which one are 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 you talking about um well, I'm talking about the guy who who said that the pyramid ships were coming, the guy who said that you'd get to wield the darkness, the guy who said that the traveler isn't as great as we thought he was it was
1: is it isn't this the same guy that also that hang on let's let's not always sing his praises this is the same guy that turned around and said destiny three you'll there'll be a split of three factions and shit like that, and that the fucking um what's that warlock exotic neak would be would have some form of input. I I
0: mean I didn't read them. I'm I'm uh, so okay I'm going on what other people have said about them so I I am kind of third personing it. I kinda know a bit about like
3: the old story of Destiny 1. This is actually the original storyline of Destiny 1. That's what I was talking about. Yes. Yeah this is the original storyline of Destiny oh, 1. okay yeah we're talking about two different leakers there. They didn't go with that because of Activision. So Literally, they even, even Bungie even said, I, I don't know, like, a few months ago, that everything we've done up until this point was a prequel. We're now at the point of the actual story that they wanted to go with. See, I find that interesting. Because everything up until now was supposed to be in base game Destiny 1. Like, including Taken King. That was already in the game. Like, stuff where it was already in the game when Destiny 1 launched. That would have been
0: a massive game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but Activision said no. No, if anything, it would. If anything, if I, if anything I know about Activision is true, they would have pushed for that to be in.
3: No, they actually pushed for, but because they wanted more money, but they pushed Bungie to extend and give smaller stuff.
1: Activision would have pushed for an earlier release though, I think. Because I think if if the, if it's true that they wanted all the Tekken King shit in the original base game, Bungie would have had to have delayed it and Activision had said probably said no that's Yeah I, I don't know if I believe that it would have been,
0: there. you know, base game, but certainly uh, Well
3: like it was gonna be like a uh expansion like the House of Wolves or something. It was gonna be like that one that comes out like
0: every like couple months. Then, but the, it was going to be. They were huge. expecting too much of Bungie. Yeah, but you know but we've gone we've gone off topic here. Yes. The, <laughs> yeah. My, <but. laughs> my my point was, it seems like some of this stuff is finally coming to fruition, and yes, Bungie has hinted that they, you know, this is kind of like this is. Not to quote a George Lucas thing, but, you know, this is what we always really wanted to do with Destiny. <laughs> it definitely seems like they're, they're taking the training wheels off, I think. Yeah. And I wonder how much of that is going to change our gameplay and how the story works for us. You know, yes, as of right now, we can utilize our, our, our traveler powers and now this darkness stasis power... And if you notice, in the ViDoc, they show you switching from one to another. And yeah. it's not just another subclass. It's an entirely mm. separate thing, mm. which yeah. I found to be interesting. It's not in line with the arc and the solar and the void. It's like a whole different screen that you go to and suddenly, you know, you've, you've you switched get, like, over. You get, switched dark mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. even Yeah, even the screen goes into dark mode, which is kind of cool. I do like I wonder if maybe at some point we'll have to make a choice probably but then that
3: feels like that's that's too much I don't think they would actually want to do that
1: I I I agree because that that what that would that would limit people's play options and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, because if you wanted to do both sides of the story, quote-unquote, we only have three characters. It's not like we have, like, six or seven, you know? We only have three. So if you're getting one side of the story, you won't be able to get the other side of the story
1: on that same character. Then again, Bungie has set a precedent for this. That's what I was getting at with the Drifter. But that was, in scope, a lot smaller. Yeah. Like, what they could do is they could have you, like, this is going to be purely hypothetical and spitballing here, but out of, like, the Exo Stranger, Eris, and the Drifter, you get to primarily help one of those three. And you get a particular, say, lore, and maybe a particular gun from each of the three. That's the kind of, like, scope they could do. They can't do an entire, like, branching narrative, because... Again, like Ty said, there's only three characters, and that would severely limit how some people play. On I suppose that's
0: fair, and and I suppose it's also fair that we could say perhaps you could make a choice as far as the narrative of your character goes, but to take away gameplay options, you're right. That does limit it, maybe a little too much. Yeah in terms of because you know how do you do pvp without well everybody's going to be stasis anyway right (laughs) but yeah Uh, so okay that's that's fair
3: yeah i feel like people are going to just be stuck on stasis for like at least a month like we're not going to see anything else
0: it's just going to all be stasis i feel like i don't know i'm kind of a fan of the familiar
1: I want to get before we get um Delson back and I really want to get my um theory of the raid going. I've got so there's a, there's a few things that should be stated first, right? Is Clover Spray made the Exos? Yeah. The the Deepstone Crypt, right? That's all confirmed. How do we know Clover Spray isn't an exo, like right now? So I think Clover Spray himself is going to be playing uh, either a minor or a major part in this upcoming raid, as a friend or a foe, it could be either. Because you got to remember, this dude's been locked in the Deepstone Crypt for what could be millennia, like with, if, with no reboots. Maybe, but but oh, it could be could well. I think we should have been able to reboot because he's in the Deepstone Crypt. But it's more on the fact that you got to remember the, dr- the Exo Dream of the fact that they're all fighting their way to the Deepstone Crypt killing people they know and love some make it and shit like that and i think ah uh, anyone that's been locked in a room for the last millennia no matter how sound they may be at the start they'll end up going fucking crazy right i mean you look at the story of like greek mythology of like you know Icarus and the Labyrinth. Uh, Those are two mean, completely different stories, mean, but I'm not going to get into that wait, right shit. Now.
3: <laughs> I got do the you wrong mean name. Jadilus? Yes, I got the wrong
1: name. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Icarus uh, was the dude that could fly. Yeah. Um, so. I, I definitely think he'll be playing, like, a decent part in this. And apparently, I'm not sure where I... Re- I can't remember where I got this from. But the Darkness has been on Europa for ages. And so I think the Darkness has played a part in Clovis. Now, we've seen how the Darkness has fucked up the Hive pretty bad. <laughs> so I'd hate to see what, he, what it's turned Clovis into. And we have have seen in the trailer, we have seen those almost almost exo more synthetic corpses lying around as well as those as well as floating pyramids like small little shards
0: as for me I'm super interested in the exo story right ironically it's the one character race that I didn't create yeah um, for, for one of my characters <laughs> so, um, as I have two humans and an awoken but I find the whole exo story to be Real interesting. And the... I mean, can we all agree, and this has been heavily speculated already, but I think we can all agree, right, that the stranger is Elsie Bray.
1: Yes? Mm -hmm. That is... That's, that's the going theory. It hasn't been confirmed, and I'm pretty sure Babs done a video saying why it might not be exactly the case. I'll see if I can find that somewhere.
0: I'll have to see if I can find that too, because he I... was one.
1: The thing is, is, he was one of the people that was spearheading that theory as well. And when that shit came out, um, during Warmind with the Sparrow, that's when it was. It was all hmm. but confirmed. But the thing is, is that so if the if the Stranger is an Elsie Bray, right? If we don't if we don't even hear Anna Bray, if Clovis Bray is the final boss and we don't even hear Anna Bray, that's gonna be a huge missed opportunity yeah yeah absolutely
0: especially now that she's not gonna be on Mars right we yeah. Yeah, don't know where she's tower. gonna be but the- I think uh, apparently she's she- gonna
3: end up being in the tower.
0: I don't know. As the new I Hunter like. Vanguard? <laughs> doubtful. Not as the new yeah, Hunter doubtful, Vanguard, obviously. but like
3: probably like a small vendor or something, or just, you know, an NPC that sits in the tower and doesn't do anything.
0: Yeah. yeah. Kind of like she does now.
1: But yeah. I could the, see her being the Hunter Vanguard.
0: Well, on the topic of the Hunter Vanguard, we got this new. Smooth <laughs> Sidler. <laughs> We got this new Vidoc and look who's back! <laughs> oh, oh,
1: oh uh, so everyone's hooray. calling him crow right <laughs> everyone's calling him crow because he's not Aldrin anymore i get that and i get people being like you should not hate him he doesn't remember he- that wasn't him and i get that i understand it completely i actually agree with you they're two different people but let me shoot him shoot him in the head please <laughs> well you already i want <laughs> to do it know, and see what
3: happens like but i get to do it again <laughs> Yeah, I want them to show it, in either we do it in-game, or they give, like, a cutscene where we shoot him, and
0: he just respawns. Eh, I don't think so. I think so. Yeah, I mean, we're guardians. We were revived by the ghost in the Cosmodrome. We don't know what we were before we died. Exactly. That's it could have yeah. been... anything Anything. we could have been child molesters pedophiles jesus christ you (laughs) You know i I like to go to the worst possible
1: (laughs) (laughs) um gotta think though is that this you gotta remember this guy's been hunted for ages you gotta remember the dawning i think it was the dawning sparrow the dawning shit where it was his story about how he's been fucking like persecuted and he doesn't even know why another small detail a lot of people have overlooked was what weapon he was using did you, any of you guys recognize the sword he was using? I
0: did not. mm No.
1: It's called Abide the, Thy Return. It's oh, a sword yeah, yeah. from the Dreaming City. Hmm. So, unless the Awoken have a habitual ritual of bearing the dead with a sword... He must have got it from somewhere,
0: or are you suggesting someone? I think someone set him up with the sword. Someone that
1: might be related to him, perhaps? Well... She was one of the only people that knew where he would be buried, other than being Petra. Petra had no love for him. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> I think, clearly, I think the Queen's the only other person that would have the foresight to be like, "He might. He, there's a good possibility he might be revived. Let's at least give him a sword and gun. Petra wouldn't have done that. Petra would have been like, if you get revived, I'm going to shoot you again, kind of shit. And again, and again, and, and, and probably again. again. The real question is, does Petra know it's out? I hope
0: i really really hope that marasov makes another appearance in this expansion uh i don't think it'll be right away no no because she's still off wherever she is from her ascendant realm i i, I don't know but uh i i trying to fight savathan that's gonna be <laughs> she's my favorite character she's most and also favorite. she's easy on the eyes and you know
1: um okay i think she won't show up in season the hunt it might be in the following seasons maybe if she doesn't show up at all during this year it'll definitely be in witch queen i mean that makes sense too i'm putting it all on the line she will at least show up either during or before witch queen are we gonna have to hold you to your word you or fucking hold me to it, dude <laughs> <laughs> or what that's the problem uh, good point yeah
0: i uh I'm excited to see the continuation of this Aldrin storyline. I mean, forsaken was. In my opinion, easily the best expansion that they've done for this game, including Taken King and Rise of Iron. You know all of that stuff.
1: I started playing during the what's the one with, what's the, the Crota's End, Deep Dark Below. Yeah, I think it was. Yes, Dark Below House of Wolves. She might have been House of Wolves. And I've gotta say, like, the Taken King edit it was much more needed at the they were both equally needed at the time, and they both completely shift the dynamic of the game.
0: I agree. I think though, from a narrative perspective, the Forsaken campaign was the most personal of all of their stories. Oh yeah, no doubt. Maybe that's why it resonates so much for me. The Hive is a fantastic thing. Like, they're a great race. It's got so much lore behind it. Yeah. Um... And Taken King is a great way to expand on all of that, but the closeness and the personalness of what's the word there, personal, like how much it affects the emo- you as a guardian, the emotional and- impact. Yes, and yeah. I mean this is, of course, it was the first time they ever truly got rid of a main character, so to speak. You know, um, those are all things that I think make a, a bigger impact on you as a person
1: you strike a really good point which is one I've tenderly held for a while it's that the taking king added depth to the game that was sorely needed while forsaken added emotion to the game that was also sorely needed yes
0: I mean that's what any you know we I think we've had this conversation before about like what do I like in a video game right you yeah. like banging your head against a wall in dark souls and i so ready for demon souls I'm the kind of person who I play a game for its story and for its relationships. And that's why Grey's Anatomy has been on the air for 15, 16 years. You know, it's it's a soap opera. And, you know, in a way, the game needs that. It needs relationships that you can cling to that give you a reason to want to continue to play. Yeah, that's true. I think that. Aldrin is going to introduce a huge storyline, at least I hope it does, you know, a huge storyline that gives you a personal anchor point to make you want to know what's going to happen as opposed to what's next week's mission. And that is something that is vitally needed in this game. I agree. And I do think Forsaken brought brought that in on an introductory scale, so to speak. I think that happened with the Last Wish Raid and the whole, uh, oh my god, we're in a time loop every week. All of that stuff brought people in, gave us a reason to keep playing, and made us want to know more. I saw a lot of that too with this season. Playing the Interference Quest... Over and over and over again was, well, it was fun at first. Yeah, it definitely was at first. I did it one more time this last week just so that I could get my triumph, right? And I found it to be like that from a story perspective, it was really fucking cool. Yeah. And I think that they're leaning in to the narrative aspect of the game. And I think that is. Something that they need to be doing, or people are gonna get bored because, let's face it, the content keeps repeating. Yeah, it really yeah. does. So, is that it from from Spoilerville? Are we? Uh, is there anything else we want to bring up?
1: Apart from the fact that Zavala is seen on a Cabal ship with Osiris is quite oh that that's interesting. True. I mean, it wasn't. It's the
3: Red Legion, right?
1: Yeah, oh, the Red they're, Legion. they're Red Legion Blood guard. That's quite odd. But I know we saw this it.
3: before, but I really enjoy the stranger's ghost, whatever the fuck that is, that
1: worm-looking flying thing. That little fish-looking motherfucker. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I want one. <laughs> I want one, too. <laughs> Isn't it—it's it's not a ghost, though, right? No. Because no. the stranger is not a guardian, which Indeed. is kind of cool, too, because it gives her powers, the darkness does.
1: Yeah, because all, like, all three of the people at Europa all have darkness powers.
0: yeah. By the way, watching the Drifter in that fight in the launch trailer today was pretty damn cool because he's he's the kind of guy, like, he's not bothered by anything because he's literally been through, like, everything you could imagine, right? Yeah. Here he is watching this fight, you know, well, taking part in this fight, but he's just kind of watching everything like, huh, that's pretty interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I also, uh, I put this in the pre-show notes, so you guys uh, know what I'm about to say, but I want to kind of put it out there. The music to this launch trailer was 100% Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones. And, like, that can't be a coincidence, right? Darkness, Paint It Black. Like, is that a a nod? Is it something that, (sighs) because... It was fucking obvious. So is it... You know, it, it it's not something that they would have included like, hey, maybe somebody will pick up on this and it could start a conversation. Is it really just... Are they just kind of... I don't know. You know, uh, it must just be a nod then. A nod to the darkness, right? I, I yeah. thought it was really interesting and it, it absolutely grabbed my attention and... I kept watching it partially because the music was so great and it was perfect for the trailer. It was that like, (sighs) sorry to use a pun, but you know, it was dark. It had like, yeah, a real weight to it. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think what we need. And I think that if the tone of music is any indication as to the tone of the story, oh man. It's going to be something exciting.
1: All right. Um, let's, let's
0: get Delson back in. So, yeah, Delson, what do you think? Season of the Hunt.
2: I, cool name or coolest name? Is there a third option? I you mean, don't think it's a cool name? I mean, I, I think it's pretty interesting. Like, I, I'll admit, it does sound pretty like, you know, what are we hunting? Are we hunting ourselves? We hunting for some wild ass? Like, what's the goal? Like, I know (laughs) Eric looks pretty cute all the time, but like, you know, it adds a lot of questions, which makes me interested in it. I don't necessarily have too many opinions on it, but I do like how it sounds. It adds just enough questions, but it's like, okay, we have an objective. That's the biggest part. So what is our objective? And that drives me into it. Like, it gives me a lot of questions. And I love that about a game. I don't think I could have said that any better.
0: <laughs> so, I guess, uh, let's, um, well, do we want to talk weapon metas? Do we want to talk hand cannon changes? Does anybody I'm not going to speak late
1: on the hand cannon changes until we actually know how they feel and how they respond, because... Well,
0: how about everybody's favorite mountaintop getting, uh, knocked down oh, a peg or two? No,
1: hallelujah hallelujah i'm very sad oh, it's been a long time coming very
2: very saddened nothing oh you go shit a been somewhere else dude uh, i oh, i'm so glad that piece of shit's gone i am very saddened as to my mountaintop and fighting lion combo being completely destroyed <laughs> uh, i've never had mountaintop so I'm not I'm gonna tell you this. Worried. Running triple grenade launchers in every activity is by far the most outrageously exciting way I've ever played. We can still use the a- challenge. It's yeah, really it just means
0: the splash damage is gonna be a little less. And and in fact they said the Yeah, there, if you hit something head on, right, the combination of direct damage and splash damage is still going to be, I think they said like 95% of what it currently is. So it's not like it's gonna, you know, A, it's being sunset and, and it's not like you're you know yeah <laughs> in pve especially it's still gonna be fine
2: in pvp i think if you
0: still hit somebody head on you're gonna kill them
2: yeah i mean that that's just like you know most other grenade launchers uh where you hit them head on and they're screwed because it's got just enough impact and you know it's how grenade launchers should be if you hit them head on it should kill them But, you know, the splash damage is ridiculous. It's just going to be a little
0: bit less. Yeah, you can't shoot around a corner and kill somebody, you know, with one shot. And the the fact that it's a mini rocket launcher, too, like, Mm.
1: I'm glad that they're making it less accurate from the air. Okay, getting screwed because he ran around a corner and there's, like, three floating warlocks all with mountaintop sidearms... It's just not a good time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Agreed. And I think that's, like, it's time for it to maybe... It's long past time. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I got mine, I don't know, six months ago. Not even. And uh... so, you know, but I never brought it into <laughs> PvP either. So that's I really mine where...
1: When I when, when I was... Actually, no, I won't say that because Han will probably be listening.
2: <laughs> never <laughs> mind. Well, how about the sniper rifle changes? I actually didn't hear about the sniper rifle changes. I only paid attention okay, to yeah, yeah, the I'll break it
1: down for you. Your The aim assist is now, whilst sort of being calculated by a range, is now also being calculated by the zoom factor on your scope. Yes. So something oh. that is that has short zoom, like say beloved is now going to have less aim assist. Than and something, something with longer like,
0: scopes is going to have more.
1: Yeah. Like my eye of soul, okay. for example, has immense zoom, like really dumb zoom.
2: <laughs> and I hate them. I actually really like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I am real sick of getting picked off by sniper rifles. Of course, it means I will never get revoker. Because I need all the aim assist I can get. But there's too many headshots in PvP. There's just too many. And if it That's becomes... the nature of the weapon, though.
1: That's just that. That's like, okay. The first year of... This is what I really don't understand, right? Is throughout the entire first year of D2, there was nothing but crying about we want our shotguns back, we want our sniper rifles back, we want our fusion rifles back. okay. Here you go. And now there's been I mean, nothing but crying about one shot weapons. And it's like, you just, Bungie just can't win. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, but you also have to understand that the fan base or the player base is not a monolith. It's not like it's the same people complaining now that we're complaining in year one. Yeah. The problem is not that. If there was zero aim assist on a sniper rifle and I got picked off by the same guy 10 times in the game, okay, he earned it. You know, if it's a question of somebody runs into my scope and I managed to hit the fire button when they were vaguely in the middle and I got a headshot out of it, that is more frustrating than knowing that I just got picked off by somebody who knows what they're doing.
1: Yeah, it's also it, it, that's also the nature of hit scan weapons. So if you've noticed in a lot of other PVP based games, stuff like I'm looking at Apex, COD, Battlefront, Battlefield, all that kind of shit, they all have bullet drop. Destiny doesn't because it's also got the PVE nature. So PVP's always going to lose out over PVE, right? That's something that a lot of people need to accept. That a lot of people are really afraid to accept. Yeah, sometimes PvE gets screwed over by PvP looking at you, Mountain Top. No. But D is primarily a PVE based game. Like, yeah. that's just the nature of it, right? So PvP is always gonna be unbalanced in one way or another. Snipers will always be unbalanced because aim assist is almost required for PVE activities, as well as the fact that it's hitscan in nature. Because adding bullet drop into a PVE activity is just... Especially in something like Goz, where the boss is on the other side of the fucking area. It just makes it harder. Just unnaturally harder. We don't have to have
0: bullet drop. Just don't have bullet magnetism. <laughs> yeah, but that's also... um. And and don't get me wrong. It's not that I think that sniper rifles should all be like zero aim assist, right? It, my, hmm. my point is more that I think aim assist is relied upon too much in PvP these days. And I think that they are making the right decision in making the PvP-specific sniper rifles, you know, i.e. the ones mm. with the short scopes. I think that making those just a little bit harder to use is a good call. It may force people yep. to start using something else or to go back to their
1: trusty shotguns with slide shot. Who knows? The trade-off is, I think, a really smart move on Bungie's part because short-zoom snipers are always really good in PvP, right? Because the longer the zoom, the less people you see. Right, exactly. Which is really good, the fact that so now PVE orientated sniper rifles will have more aim assist, which is I'm 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 hundred percent agree with you on this. This was definitely a smart move by Bungie. You know, as
0: Ugh. for hand cannons, eh, bringing the one tens up to one twenty. That's probably a smart choice. They basically uh, the redheaded stepchild of hand cannons, <laughs> as it is right now, because they really, are. only a few people will use Duke Mark Forty Four, and that's people who really know what they're doing and niche builds and shit like that. Yeah, I. I don't know how I feel about dropping the 150s.
1: As someone who uses thorn religiously, and that's being dropped down to 140, I'm kind of salty about it, but at the same time, I completely get why. So I guess my
0: question is, are they, is all they are doing, like they said that every, uh, oh, I can't remember what the categories are, But, like, every aggressive frame hand cannon is now going to be a whatever frame. Now, that means they're changing how the weapons work, aren't they? It's not simply, oh, Thorn is now going to have fewer rounds per minute and everything else is staying the same. Am I wrong?
1: When it comes to the 140s Hmm. and 150s, they are genuinely roughly the same archetype. The 150s just fly faster so you've got a shorter Ttk the 110s to 110s are changing to one fifth 120s I'm not too sure on I don't know that much about hand cannons I the only hand t- cannon only again the only hand cannon uses thorn and that's when I'm running around with a shotgun so mm-hmm. Well, as far
0: as I know, the 110s to 120s, is that is solely we are making them faster so that you can kill stuff more quickly. But that's also because there is no 120 RPM category of hand cannon. Mm. Okay, so if there aren't any differences between the 140s and the 150s besides how quickly they shoot, then, yeah, okay, that means they're going to be 0.3 seconds more to kill or something like that. I don't know. I'm not too mad about it. The two hand cannons I use most, uh, well, three, would be Thorn, Ace, and Dire Promise. So...
1: Oh, yeah. So your die is going to be a little worse for wear.
0: Yeah, but it was, I mean, it's, it's also being Sunset, so it's... True. Yeah, it's time to try new stuff anyway. And now we've thoroughly exhausted our Destiny content, so let's talk about Warframe. So I understand
1: there is legitimate, actual Warframe news. There is indeed. Boy howdy. A new Prime frame has dropped along with two new weapons. The Gundal Prime, the Exati Prime, I believe it was, along with the Nezha Prime. So, I'm quite excited for this one, purely because the accessories going along with them, with uh, Neja Prime, just look so fucking good. The usual places uh, where you can farm the relics for them, as an offput for Neja coming in, I believe Mesa Prime is now being moved to the vault. In addition to this, there is a new... The Last Quest for the Glassmaker... In nightwave episode 5 is a uh, fucking doozy. Um oh,
2: good, do I actually I won't need get to into, do that now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I won't get I won't get into uh too much detail about it, but there is more interesting things and you get your you get a decent reward out of it, I would say. There is I believe it is a sword you get from finishing it and it is. it looks really good along with a little orbiter decoration that you can interact with.
2: Oh, good. More stuff to go along with my, like, million, um, what are they called? Terrorist statues. There we go. <laughs>
1: uh, I've got one of each sitting in my private quarters.
2: I have them all set up in a huge battle all throughout oh, my entire orbiter. I'm like, I didn't know what else to do with them. Mm-hmm. I That's have, like, almost a, I have a thousand kills on each of them, at least. I'm like, well, I didn't have anything better to do.
1: <laughs> um as it is now mathematically possible to reach mr 30 now if you are a pc warframe player and you yes. have the founders expansion i believe mm-hmm.
2: so you get like Prime pretty myself i'm very happy with it noise noise it was a hell of a grind to finally get through all of it as someone who's been playing it for a long ass time it's really satisfying to actually hit a round number again yeah i'm stuck at i think 25 ah it's (laughs) been so exhausting for the longest time i just sat there with so many items just in my foundry and i was like is it finally achievable and then i'm like all right let's go and i just jumped all the way up and now i'm very satisfied and i'm like you know i don't think i ever have to play this video game ever again until they make it possible to get to 40 (laughs) uh,
1: um well funnily enough they were talking about the fact that there won't be anything after 30 they'll be releasing like true mastery ranks i believe it is oh that i'm um excited to see but my 30s can pretty much give out free boosters at uh relays now oh and that you only... also get a whole lot of stuff reaching 30. Like you yeah, like Riven mod slots and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really salty about
2: it. <sighs> yeah, it's uh, pretty nice getting there. Except for the fact that I don't really collect Rivens anymore. Oh, I've got too many Rivens, dude. <laughs> I, I've got enough for some of my favorite ones. Like Aklax Prime is all I use for everything. Because I don't want to touch any other weapon. Because I'm like, look, it goes pop, 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 everything's dead. Nothing feels better than one of the strongest guns in the game. I mean, it's not the strongest, but you know, it feels, it sounds the strongest. Nah, dude, nothing beats my Rubico. Uh Rubico is (laughs) fun. But so anyways, some of the content of Warframe that I finally got to experience, the new open world and everything. I don't think we got to talk much about, you know, the open world and how it actually feels. So finally being able to play it after tons of technical difficulties is very satisfying. I always enjoyed the open worlds. Once they released Planes and Fortuna, I had so much fun with all of it. This one feels a little lackluster, unfortunately. I'm very excited with it. I have my new waifu daughter. and Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, You'd but, like uh, <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> um, I'm, I mean, at least I'm not going for grandmother, you know,
1: not I mean, that. Knows, But we all got a new mommy, so that's fine, yes.
2: Uh, but like, I feel like the standing is a little wonky. I don't necessarily like that all the individual tokens for all the like, you know, family members individually don't really give too much unless you get grandmother tokens. And it just kind of bums me out that I can't, you know, solely focus on one thing. But it's, I like that you have to generally do more of the activities to be able to rank up a lot faster instead of, hey, let's just do fishing. Because now it sort of gates you off if you can't get the grandmother tokens from just fishing. It's funny that you mentioned the
1: fact that you liked um Fortuna and stuff so much because I... I enjoyed the planes and I enjoyed like doing the hunts and shit like that. When I was really hyped when Fortuna came out because I saw Garuda and I'm like, Oh shit, she looks badass as fuck. And this whole place is so much bigger and stuff like that. But as the old saying goes, bigger does not mean better. And Fortuna is a, personally is a brilliant example of that because all it really changed was the fact that going from, Mission A to mission B now takes 10 minutes as opposed to like five.
2: Yeah, there there were some big problems with it. But one of the things that I did like is I like going for I can't remember the name of it, but, you know, going after the animals. Yeah, Um, I really like that. I mean, it could just be because I was going around on Equinox and, you know, just put it to sleep. And I'm like, hey, guess what? You're mine now. But I really enjoyed that because the tracking made it feel a little more fun. I'm like, oh, look, no, I actually get to go around and all the K drives and everything. And I wasn't too big a fan of the mining, but uh, the fishing also got a little tedious. But mm-hmm. I did actually enjoy the feel of the area. I mean, it could just be because it made me think a little bit of the Division One, because, you know, snow and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I I just liked the general feel of it. And plus, it felt generally more difficult than the planes. My, I don't mind the, like, the fact that it was more difficult and stuff like that. My main
1: qualm was the fact that the big hunt or the big, like, the big bad of the area is locked off until you're max ranked with them, which is no small feat. Yeah. Like, I got so bummed out over Fortuna that to this day I'm still not max ranked with, with Solaris.
2: It took me a while to get there, which I just, made it really difficult. I, I was just really sort of irked by it, that's all. Yeah, like, I, I genuinely did not enjoy the grind to get up to the max rank with them. And then getting to the max rank with little my still number one waifu before daughter is, like, it was just bothersome. It felt like there was too much holding back like it could just be a solo player thing where i just wanted to go in get the stuff done wipe everything out but it felt like i actually almost needed a team to make it you know possible to do it the most efficient way which bums me out because i like to just go in kill everything come out be done
1: Mm, yeah i enjoyed the fact that they scaled deimos (laughs) down though like They didn't just try to make it as big as Fortuna and shit like that. They actually scaled it down.
2: Yeah, and I actually, I'm interested in the whole fishing thing. I I got kind of confused with it at first. I'm like, oh, this is how it works. And I was confused about the bait. And I'm like, oh, that's what this stuff's for. I thought it was just, you know, random loot. And I'm like, this is what it is. I want to be able to progress more with it. But being brought in between other games and trying to play Warframe at the same time, having like five primary games, which I'm going with right now, it's not that easy to do. Yeah, but it's something that I'm actually pretty happy with getting that grind on. And, you know, especially having a new prime, very happy with it. And I still got to get it. It's it's a definite grind. I feel like the relics were a little bit of a pain to get. I mean, it could have just been my drop rates for it, but I. Oh,
1: we've had. Sh- we've been uh, grinding zeni for a while and there's still nothing. Got like I resorted
2: one. to just buying radiant relics off of people and just buying it. Like, I. When I last did my big, like, riven selling, I got myself up to like 6,000 platinum. I'm like, okay, let me just buy this. I could have bought the whole set, but I'm like, I don't like to do that. Because, you know, I can get some other drops that I can resell for it. But my biggest problem was just getting a lot of the relics. So I bought tons of just base relics and a tons of radiant. I'm like, yeah, let's see how my luck works out. You know, got to spend platinum somehow. But it's uh, really all I got on Warframe. Yeah, that's about it. Um, phasmophobia is a thing. I've enjoyed watching some Phasmophobia. It's really fun. Yeah, I think it like i'm bummed that it's not on other systems but yeah it's really fun to do like main and i have been doing a bit of it and it's unfortunately one of the games where you don't get too many hours in it before you start to get bored with it We're yeah. about like i think i'm you know 30 hours in mains almost double that and some of the other guys don't have too much time into it but it's after you start getting to these levels unlocking the new difficulties and understanding what to do it gets a little boring because you go in you find your clues you get out and that's it you don't want to risk dying in some of the higher levels because you actually lose all the gear you get and earning money isn't that
1: easy that's that's the thing with horror games though is that they do have such a short lifespan That's just in their nature.
2: Yeah, and one of the things that we did recently that actually made it a lot of fun is we decided, hey, what if we do a no flashlight run? So we're going (laughs) in with only glow sticks and candles. And it actually made it a little more fun. I really enjoy the game as it is. And there's actually a new update that just dropped today. So I got that update, and I'm really excited to try it tonight. But the changes that they're making, it's really getting improved like since it hit its spike there's been updates very commonly i had four updates in four days where they fixed bugs and like they weren't big updates you know they were only like 10 megabytes but Mm. they're fixing a lot of problems there have been situations where it'll say that the game you're trying to join doesn't exist when you're trying to join up on friends and there have been audio bugs since it has what's the term like spatial audio whatever and it's really fun to get to do it and one of the things that some people didn't actually realize is they have words hard-coded into the game that can actually anger the ghost yeah which i really love my favorite thing is walking into the front door just swearing a ton and then closing the door as the rest of the team is in there oh my god i probably just got these guys killed (laughs)
0: you are a terrible person
2: I am a terrible person but let me tell you that's the only thing that starts to make it fun after you get in you start running around and you're like hey bitch where you at don't close this door on me where are you when it starts playing games with you like uh, there Um, are so many times I just go in and I'm trying to talk to it on a spirit box and it doesn't respond to me so I drop it and leave it on and I go to the next room and then it responds to me I'm like really assholes I'm telling you dead people ugh the scariest ones though are when they're children. They have different forms of the ghost, which we didn't find out that they didn't have that they had different ghost forms. Like you know, they'll have like this one fat guy with a cleaver. They'll have this you know a skinny guy with like a dislocated jaw with a wood cutting axe. They'll have a few different like females. You'll mm-hmm. be walking around you'll see your flashlights start flashing and that's when you know a hunt is going on. And then you just see this like three foot tall child coming at you. (laughs) But that's not the scariest one. As terrifying as that is, like I swear I almost had a literal heart attack because of it. The scariest one is there will be a child that crawls on all fours. Jesus. Like the girl that, from The Ring? Yes, that is the most terrifying So one upside down. you won't even notice it's coming at you because half the time you're looking at eye level for this ghost and this little, like, shithead just comes up and nibbles at your toes. Next thing you know, you're dead.
0: <laughs> it's kind of funny. Sounds like Among Us.
2: It's absolutely terrifying because I swear to like gandhi or whatever holy power there is there is nothing more terrifying than that
0: correction there's nothing more terrifying than getting to the end of a tct podcast which you have so this is drew signing off saying happy gaming